I'm Jason Thomas. Welcome to the Hardway MBA, where we empower ambitious corporate professionals. That's you, right? With real-world business knowledge. We interview business leaders who are gracious enough to share their strategic insights and tactical activities to improve your business and career. If you enjoy these interviews, please spread the word because nothing says thank you as well as a referral to your friends and colleagues. Now let's dive in. Gentlemen, this is Jason Thomas again with the Hardway MBA. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I have another wonderful guest to share with you, uh, Troy Scott. Troy, it, please uh, share a little bit about yourself with the guests so they have some context for where you're coming from. Sure. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to do this. Uh, uh, funny, you, you mentioned uh, Mike, and, and obviously that is how we, we certainly met. Um, yesterday, I, I had a, a new sales engineer visiting me here at my remote office, and uh, we, we uh, that we just hired in, in the last couple of weeks, and we spent a couple of days doing some planning and, and, and uh, talking. And uh, one of the things that I did yesterday was actually hand him uh, the new sales simplified uh, book and said, "Look, this is just about sums up a lot of what I believe about sales." And I think this is this is a very good book for you to read, and, and it's it just uh, uh, it's simple. It's a simple book, right? So, uh, but anyway, so we'll 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 get off of Weinberg there and let him. Uh, <laughs> you can but, sell uh, his own book. <laughs> he's eating it up, right? So anyway, uh, he owes us lunch now, I think. But I think he does. <laughs> and although that's awfully hard for us to sometimes get scheduled, as we uh, we we've experienced, right? Yes, that's true. So, but anyway, Jason, thanks a lot. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm currently uh, vice president of sales and marketing for a uh, company out of Wichita, Kansas called Westcom Plastics uh, Custom Injection Molder. Um, I've really been in sales my, my whole career, uh, about 17 years now from since since graduating from college and uh, have, have really always been in the rubber and plastics industry. And, uh, you know, I think even though I, I think early on in my sales career, I didn't think in terms of sales process. And um, I, I think I learned and, and a lot of the things that I follow today um, from my early experiences, my earliest experiences uh, um, as a sales professional from actually working in a factory. And as I was going to uh, college, uh, I was working in the summers in this rubber factory and uh, learned the processes, learned uh, the products. And it really kind of set the foundation for my career in sales because I had an intimate knowledge of how the products were manufactured, how the products were made, and then how that could benefit the customer in a lot of ways. And I think that really set the foundation. And then obviously I've I've continuously, uh, much like you, I believe, we, we, I think that's how we got connected is just that I'm continuously trying to learn and understand more about sales and how I can be more effective and then how I can uh, help my, uh, my sales teams be more effective. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned uh, hiring a new sales engineer um, and being in sales leadership. I, one of the things that's interesting to me is how do you – how do you bring somebody new onto your team? How do you get them coached up? How do you get them out there? Um, I, I mean, 
making that first call if you know nothing is is daunting. <laughs> How do you give people the framework and kind of certainly, them certainly. Up now, in this in this particular case, I think uh, I I I have a seasoned veteran uh, in the sales industry and, or actually in in this business. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same token, uh, you know, I've had some discussions about that, and I think you know one of the things that that's that's critical. Um, certainly, we we want to have some teach them and 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 have them understand the markets that you play and understand your products. Um, understand your sales story, what it is that you do for your customers, why your customers do business with you. But, you know, one of the things that I, I often find is is that new salespeople are reluctant to get out there and make those sales calls. They, they have what I call sales reluctancy or call reluctance, mm-hmm. and they're afraid that they don't know enough. They're afraid that they don't know all the products quite yet. They're afraid that they don't know the sales story, and um, so they're reluctant to make a sales call. And I think the most, one of the most important things is, is yes, we, we do have to go through the, the product training, the, the sales training, uh, who the customers are what that sales process looks like, but they need to get out there and get in front of that customer. And I think the more that they do that, the more they're going to learn, the more they're going to learn about their customers, how their product uh, relates to that customer, and they're going to be more successful uh, once they get out there and in, in front of the customer. So when, uh, when you bring somebody new on board, uh, what kind of expectations do you set for them or, or should they have about you know, how much time is this going to take for me to understand my sales story? How much time? And I know there's a lot of variables here because you're talking about you have somebody that's a seasoned veteran in a in a given industry. The product knowledge is going to take less time. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a continuous process, and 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 certainly, um, it, it I, I believe that the sales story is continuously refined at, at times, and it's important for them to continuously improve their story and their delivery of that story. And uh, so, you know, I, I think it's, it's, let's take it slow. Let's make sure that we continuously improve. It's important to make sales calls with that person to see where they're struggling, see where they need that help. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it is a learning process, but uh, early on, I think it's it's important. You know, sometimes it feels like you have a fire hose uh, hooked up and and a lot of things coming at you at, at you at once. But yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a slow process. Sometimes it takes a little while to get people online, but uh, we have to get them out there and uh, and selling um, as as quickly as we can. Yeah. So. I'm a kind of numbers driven guy when I take on a new job and, you know, I, I started here at, uh, you know, my current role with proficient, um, nine months ago, seven, eight months ago. And for me, uh, I needed to understand my sales story. I needed to understand what we do. And once I kind of had a very cursory under knowledge of that, uh, I hit the phones. Uh, I, I picked up uh, and I counted every phone call. I counted every contact. Because that's the way I know to hold myself accountable. I don't know any other way. Um, otherwise, I'm lazy. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. But what kind of expectations do you set for new folks? I mean, how many – if somebody doesn't have the leadership uh, that I've been fortunate enough to have and you, you obviously provide, what would you tell them are, are good baselines 
for that right. kind and, of initial productivity or and, and I think, productivity. And, and I, I, to be honest with you, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big activity metrics person as yeah. far as, um, activity, as far as number of sales calls, outgoing calls and things like that. However, I do believe that initially in, in my business, we have an extremely long sales cycle, mm-hmm. uh, from, even if it's an existing customer from the time you start working on a new program to the time that you actually see revenue from that program, we could be looking at 18 months Mm -hmm. um, on the short end. And so new customer acquisition from the first sales call or the first contact, let's call it to actually producing revenue, you know, 12 months at the absolute best case scenario to, to 24 months, you know, in, in a good case. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's extremely long sales cycle. So the only way to, it's, it's very difficult to just simply look at sales results, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we look at things like, uh, number of sales calls, uh, number of new customers, number of existing customers. I look at, uh, new opportunities opened. Um, you know, how many new opportunities did we open with these? How many meaningful conversations have we had? And, uh, so, and I think those numbers vary depending upon what it is, the, the market you're putting that person in or, or the specific goals you've given that person. And, and really it, it depends by industry. If you're, yeah. uh, uh, doing some kind of a sale, that's a, a instant point of sale. Uh, obviously your call number needs to be extremely much, much higher. I would assume yeah. that than what, uh, in my business it is. So we, we probably in my business, if, uh, you know, he's not going to call probably 200 uh, potential clients or, or potential prospects. Right. You know, we're lo- working from a list of, of 30 to 40 uh, potential right. prospects. Yeah. So you bring up these long sales cycles and I'm in a, a similar boat. Um, I'm kind of paced for that. I'm good. I'm, I have some expectations around that, I think. Um, I don't know that I'm paced for that, but I have some good <laughs> expectations around that. None of us um, are. <laughs> exactly. Um, how do you – what kind of coaching do you give to folks who maybe aren't – don't have those expectations? Or, you know, like most really good salespeople, we get a little aggressive. We get a little impatient. We want things to move faster than they than they probably should move. Right. Um, how, do you get, how do you get reps to kind of pull back the reins and not – not push right inappropriately anyway well yeah i guess and and that's the thing i I guess i I, i'm not sure i ever want them to pull back the reins necessarily Mm -hmm. but um but i I know what you're saying and and i think it's just you have to make sure that they understand and the expectations are set and that they understand what that sales process is and really what that looks like um and, and continue to coach them through that that um yes this is going to take a little bit more time Yes, we're doing the right things. Where are we at in the sales process, you know? And make sure that once we get either a new customer into that uh, new customer acquisition funnel or a new piece of business into your pipeline, that we continue to move that on to the next stage and that things continue to move. Um, it's it's difficult, especially if you bring somebody in from another uh, industry or marketplace, mm-hmm. um, into this that they have a, a shorter they're used to that short sales cycle that instant gratification from yeah. from seeing okay i'm going to go in i'm going to sell this hey i made a sale today i'm seeing revenue tomorrow right i, I booked the revenue and uh that's just 
it's difficult and it can be a long road to continually go out there and uh you know the the term we all use is get your nose bloodied every day and yeah. and and continue to take that those hits and uh still have that uh, stamina to stay with it mm-hmm. and uh that's the key it's it's a long process you have to have your goals in front of you and know what your object objectives are and as long as you keep working towards that uh and uh keep the stamina and, and, and fight the fight, you're, you're going to be successful. Yeah. So you've said a couple things so far that I want to pull out, uh, for listeners here. Uh, one is stamina. Um, that you got to think of this as a marathon. This is not a sprint right. unless you're in a sprint kind of sales cycle. Right. You know, uh, the, uh, another thing is, uh, setting up realistic expectations and process. So, for me, sales process is about stage gates in a lot of ways. So I know, uh, you know, I have a meaningful conversation. That's kind of the start of something, maybe, right? Right, right? And that may develop into a new opportunity. And you mentioned both of those at the very beginning, working with a new rep. If you're setting some expectations around, let's try to have a meaningful conversation today. You're not closing a deal today. You're having a meaningful conversation. And then from there, let's turn three meaningful conversations into – you know, one and a half opportunities, right? Uh, because the math doesn't have to work. Right. Um, and, and from there we get a closed deal. But if you can, as, as an individual contributor, if, if I can understand that and see the success along the way and make that immediate, that, that instant gratification, uh, based on hitting those stage gates and knowing, man, I got, I, I have the activity because I'm a I'm an activity guy. I, I, I personally need that. My managers don't care how many calls right. I make. That's right. all for me. Right. The uh, and then there are those stage gates along the way. Uh, that really really helps. I think. And I I, um, I, I see you nodding. My the, the listeners can't see you nodding. <laughs> the uh, well, I, I I completely agree. And, and look, I I think that um where where I'm I'm not as big on on the the activity metrics, I, I obviously, like I said, you, you have to set some activity metrics early yeah. on in the process. And, and I'm a believer that you sell by getting in front of the customer. You have to continually get in front of the customer. Yeah. You have to be there. You have to show up. Um, and, and you're not going to sell by making that call once a month or once a quarter. You know, you have to be there, be present, be in front of them understand what their needs are because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times you, you know you get into some of these accounts and you'll have a customer ask you for something they're, they're not sure what they need you know uh, I, I've got some some great stories where I've absolutely failed as a salesperson and because I was asked to provide something and I was so excited because I had that opportunity and I said hey great yeah I can do we can do that and I provide them exactly what they asked for. Well, it failed just like the other guy's product failed because it was the same darn thing. You right. know, I didn't understand and ask the right questions and know what their problem was so that I could actually yeah. fix. It. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So another area that uh, I wanted to I wanted to cover with you today because I know uh, that you have some thoughts around this is. Aligning with your customers' needs and goals, and you you bring this up around. Um, I've been in the I, <laughs> I've been in that 
same conversation. I think right. everybody, every one of us has. If you've been in sales for more than more than six weeks, you've been here. The customer comes in and says, "Hey, I need X Y Z." Oh my gosh, we do X Y Z. Right. That's exactly. what we do every day. Awesome. Let's go. Right. Um, how do you? How how would you have folks uh, kind of turn that around or change that? Right. So that's that's you know you, when you talk about pulling back the reins, I think that's the time to pull back the reins, yeah. right? So um, you know it, it's it's about asking the right question and and not necessarily being there to sell something that day. You know, I, uh, I, I think early on I I, I was on a, a sales call with a with a, another gentleman and. Uh, the customer specifically said, so, so what are you guys, what can you guys do for us? How can you, how can you prov- help us here? You know, what can you do? And he's like, well, look, we're not here to sell you anything today. You know, we're here to try to understand what your situation is, what, what issues you're having with this product. And once we understand the issues that you're having, then we may be able to uh, address it and see if we can provide a solution. And so I, I think it's, it's not necessarily being willing to ask those questions and not just take that opportunity and run with it and go back to the home office and say, hey, I got this opportunity. We, we have to quote it. Make sure you understand what truly is driving it. Why, why did they agree to meet with you? Why, why are they asking you to work on that project? And truly find out what the issues are because typically they're not just going to – they're not just asking you to quote that because, you know – you're a great guy, you know, that's, it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever bought anything for me because I'm a great guy. And uh, I, I do believe I'm a great guy, but I, I think you're a great guy, Jason. So. <laughs> no one, no one's ever signed on the dotted line saying, wow, you're just a great guy. You got this one. <laughs> um, so I think the point there is, is pulling back the reins with the client. Right. We can pull back the reins. Pulling back the reins in activity or in an effort to get in front of the client is is not where to focus. When you get in front of that client, now it's time to slow down. Right. The, and and to understand what is their situation in a lot more detail than I think most sales folks uh, want to sometimes. Sure. Um, that, that, oh, go ahead. That, well, I think that, it brings up the point of like – business acumen or at least industry acumen oh, right I, I think that's one of my one of my biggest frustrations in the field um, uh, with salespeople is is when a, a couple of things first they, they they probably first and foremost is they they don't know their own products uh, and, and they don't understand their own sales story and so that's that's a sales leader's job to make sure they continually try to uh, Make sure that they are, are continuously learning. They're learning the products. They're they're learning the sales story, and uh, we have to make sure that's happening. And and if it's not, then then you know we have other other decisions we have to make. And the other is understanding what your customers' needs are and what their business is. You know, one of the biggest compliments I think a, a sales guy can can get from from a customer is when they ask you about their product. Or, you know, when you're talking about different models, different things they make and they say, hey, what can you which product is that? Do you, you know the product better than we do? You know, and, and I think that's a that's a great compliment, because as you work with some of these these accounts and these customers, you do get to know their product. And if you know their product, how their product works, 
what their business, how their business works, you can create value there. And, and, and for instance, in my business where we sell parts or product, you know, and, and components, it's not just about selling components. You can add value uh, to them that helps you sell those components down the road, but it right. might not have anything to do with selling components to them. Yeah, I know. And in a lot of stuff that I do, I'm very focused on the, the relationship sure. um, and understanding how people interact with one another within uh, a certain organization. One of my goals, um, and I've achieved this at very, very few accounts in my in my lifetime yet, is to be when when somebody when a, somebody comes on board at my client and they're kind of given a list of people that you've got to know right. to really know how to navigate the system here. Right. I want to be on that list. Right. Because I have earned the respect of people at that organization as an outsider to know how they operate so well that I can give, you know, new folks that kind of perspective. And it, I think maybe one client have I ever, <laughs> have I ever right. achieved that? Um, and you know, it takes time. It's not an overnight kind of thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, I think that's well said. And I think, uh, if, if, if you can get to that point, um, you're going to see your business skyrocket because they're going to continue to come to you and they know you're going to have the answers and, and you're going to work with them to make sure that you're giving them the best solution and the best, uh, um, um, answers for, for, for the issues that they're dealing with. They, they, right. they, they trust you at that point. So, yeah. So Troy, I, uh, being a VP of sales, you've obviously made a transition at some point in your career from this individual contributor role that I I'm in and I'm enjoying very much to the sales leadership role. Uh, and I have read a lot about that. I have no personal experience in yeah. sales leadership. Um, but everything I read about it says, a lot of great sales folks become sales leaders right. simply because they're good at selling. Um, at the leadership roles I have had, I know that the individual contributing skills that made me really good maybe prepared me a little bit to be right. a good to, to lead people yeah. doing it, but not uh, not 100 uh, yeah. uh, percent. Talk a little bit about that transition, if you will. Sure, sure, absolutely, and, and that's uh, you know I, I'm a salesperson and a, a business development person at heart, and that's uh, that's what I started out doing, and and quite frankly, I think that's that's still where my heart is. That's what I love to do, and uh, you know I was very fortunate when I started out that I had some some very talented salespeople that were mentors to me, and uh, that's I believe was was critical in, in in my growth as a salesperson that that enabled me to succeed and being successful everywhere I was as an individual contributor. Um, but as time went on, uh, that success put me in line for a position uh, to move into uh, the management role. And quite frankly, that management role was not because of um, maybe my, my credentials or that I had a lot of experience managing. It was because I was successful selling. Mm -hmm. And which isn't necessarily um, a, a prerequisite uh, for being a good manager. You know, your, your best football coaches aren't always your best football players. Right. Yeah. And uh, so what, what I found is, is that nobody uh, nobody wrote the uh, wrote a book and told me how to how to manage the people and, and, <laughs> and make sure that they're doing the things they wanted to do. 
one of the biggest struggles I had early on in that process, I think I'm, I'm more equipped now um, than I ever have been to, to lead a sales team. Um, but early on, when, when I didn't have that experience, I think what the, one, of the, one of the pitfalls that you find is, is you, you kind of expect everybody to work as you did. You know that you were successful in sales and you know that, that uh, you had a lot of success. So you think everybody should do things exactly the same way you did. And that's just not the way people operate. People have different personalities. Uh, people work in different ways. So I think it's, it's key to understand uh, how the different people on your team operate, what their personalities are, what their strengths are, and really build on that and, and not try to change those individuals and how they, they operate. Um, that, I mean, that, that was key for me. Yeah. Do you have any tools or tricks or tips or any of those kind of things around uh, understanding people's personalities? I mean, we're going to I can open up a, a can of worms with that. Yeah. Right you know, there, there's there's all, all kinds of different personality profile tests out there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and I've used a, a, a couple of different ones. And, and every one of those, uh, to be completely honest, I, I can't say that I I prefer one over the other. Uh, what, what I've found is that they all, when, when you read them, it, it's, it's, it's actually shocking how accurate they are, uh, whether it's yourself, uh, describing yourself or, yep. or others. And it certainly does help you understand how to manage those individuals and, and how to work with them. Uh, and, and I think that's a key piece. And I, I would recommend that for anybody, especially in a new management role, is to to you know have the personality profiles done on their team and their self and and provide those to everybody and because uh, I, I think it can help the whole team work better together yeah and I uh, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this but I have a, a master's in counseling I, I got a, okay. yeah. a very advanced degree that makes me very excited about personality tests um, and uh, I still get a little geeky about it sometimes but right. I, I personally the disc uh, inventory in a in a professional environment yeah. is is my favorite. Um, right. I, I also like the Myers Briggs from a little more clinical perspective, but uh, looking at how a, a full blown disc that really tells you this is how I behave at work, and this is how I naturally behave, and letting you see the gaps between has been invaluable to me in my career. Um, I did one of these in a previous employer several years ago, and uh, you'll never guess who – well, you'll guess who, who helped administer the, the second one. So the first one I did, there was this huge gap in how I behave at work and how I really am. Yeah. And I, I was pretty open with my, my boss at the time, and I said, hey, man, this is not really good for you, and it's terrible for me. I feel it every day. And he's like, Wow. Yeah, you should change that. You should be you. And, uh, you know, if that right. means you challenge me a little bit more, then good. Right. And, you know, I, I want you to bring more to the table, so do it. And over the next year, 18 months or so, uh, I worked really hard at that and then uh, had an opportunity to take another uh, disc assessment. Those That gap was closed almost completely, and it wasn't easy, but it was it – was, my performance was a hell of a lot better. Uh, better over that 18 months as well. So it was very freeing. Absolutely. And I think that's the, you, you, you bring up a key point there is it's not all about, it's not just about 
um, understanding how to manage individuals or or even for your talking in, in terms of yourself, understanding how to relate to others. Yeah. Uh, it also, it tells you your blind spots. <laughs> it tells yes. you areas that, you know, you might be a little bit weaker and it, it helps you improve a little bit. Uh, gives you some areas that, you know, you can focus on and say, hey, these are these are some areas I need to I need to work on and focus on. And, and uh, I, I think you, you can certainly improve by understanding where those blind spots are for you. Um, that's uh, that can be very key. Yeah. You know, I think I think one of the other things I, I've, I've, I've learned early on is that, you know, it, it seems like a no brainer and, and, and that it's it's pretty uh, elementary, but it, it's it's key to under, make sure everybody understands what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. What 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 are their goals? What are what do you expect out of them? And and then put a plan together to to meet those goals. And uh, unfortunately, I think in a lot of smaller organizations, um, those expectations and those sales goals sometimes are created solely by, um, by the, by the sales management. And, and oftentimes in, in smaller companies, uh, there may not be a grand strategic plan that, uh, you, you create your sales plan off, off of, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, we, we both have read and learned that, that sales follows strategy, right? Yeah. And, uh, yep. Uh, so, you know, you should have that, that strategy and we implement a sales plan, uh, ahead. If there's no strategy, um, then sometimes you, you have to create that strategy and the sales plan together. And right. so I think that, that certainly is a challenge, but is somewhat a reality in a lot of small to mid-sized companies. Yeah, I've seen it too. And I, I think for some folks, uh, that I, I think are probably listening out there, You've got very small organizations and very little experience with sales, and you're kind of getting pulled into this backwards, maybe kicking and screaming. And yes, you need to get on the phone. Yes, you need to have some activity. You need to get in front of customers. That strategy piece is the foundation upon which you build your sales activity. Right. If you don't have the strategy, I I don't know how. What what are you gonna say when you pick up the phone? Well, what are you gonna say, and 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 how much time are you gonna waste going after the wrong targets? Yeah. So if you if you don't know who your targets need to be, um, yep. and and what type of business you want, uh, you know, you're you're just gonna be. It doesn't matter how many phone calls you make if you're calling the wrong people. Yeah, absolutely. So Troy, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. It's, we're 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 out of time though. Um, how uh, how can people get a hold of you? What I what I really like my uh, my listeners to do is pick out one or two things that they've heard today that they're going to put into practice, you know, this afternoon, uh, sure. tomorrow. Um, and I would love it if somebody would reach out and tell Troy, Troy, this is the thing I'm doing. That's you know a, a practice that I'm going to adopt based on this conversation. Sure. Um- you know, feel free to email me. My email is uh, tscott, T-S-C-O-T-T, 588 at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at tscott588 or look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'd be glad to uh, connect, engage, and uh, provide any feedback or uh, assistance that, uh, that I can provide. And I will put the, uh, the contact info in the in the show notes here, and really encourage you folks out there uh, in the in the listening audience to reach out to me as well, uh, J Thomas 
1027 at Gmail. Let me know what is going on in your world and how has this uh, interview with Troy uh, helped you? What are you going to adopt? What's changing today? Thank you, Troy. Hey, thanks, Jason. It was fun. I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll grab another lunch here sometime soon. Sounds good. All right. Take care.